Hey folks, before we get started, wanted to discuss our brand new sponsor here at the Brian Nichols Show. And it's one you are familiar with because it is the one and only We Are Libertarians Network. But I have a little bit of a surprise. Yes, we have merch. The We Are Libertarians store is alive and active and it can be found in the show notes. And guys, I, oh my goodness, we have some fantastic um, some fantastic shirts. For, uh, so we have some We Are Libertarian shirts, uh, both with the new logo um, that was re- recently designed, but also the the uh, the old OG logo as well with the Statue of Liberty um, and the sunburst. Uh, we also have uh, I, uh, I Heart Roads, or I Heart My Roads, uh, My Roads. Um, yours truly, the Brian Nichols Show. We have our brand new, super, super schmexy Brian Nichols Show logo there on a, a couple of shirts. Um, we have polos, we have uh, posters, we have magnets, we have masks. Masks are pretty much mandatory everywhere. If you need a mask, get a Brian Nichols Show mask or a We Are Libertarians mask. You need a coffee cup or a, a knit beanie. I call them a toque up in northern New York, but everybody says I'm an idiot because I say toque and not beanie. Whatever. But you can get that too. And it does say We Are Libertarians, of course. Um, Gingerarchy has uh, some uh, some great shirts there as well. Another one of our fantastic shows. So click the link in the show notes. Support the We Are Libertarians store, but support your friends here at We Are Libertarians by rocking some awesome merch. So, with that, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes, like, homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. That's right. Two weeks in a row, you get a bonus episode here on The Brian Nichols Show. And yes, you are in store for a phenomenal episode. Now, first and foremost, if you guys have not yet uh, had the chance to go and listen to my episode with Joseph Bishop Henchman, it was an exclusive. It was the uh, the first interview here with uh, the new chairman of the Libertarian Party. Uh, yes, one Joseph Bishop Henchman. So if you had not had the chance yet, go ahead and check out the episode. But you are here today, yes, to listen to uh, the one and only dear friend of the show, Fritz from FritzCast. Now, uh, Fritz, I actually was on his show uh, back, I think it was at the beginning of this year, and actually we discussed this, I think, in the episode, uh, because COVID time is not real time. Um, but yes, I was actually on uh, Fritz's show back uh, to discuss kind of more the the Brian Nichols show itself, but also kind of the, uh, I guess, the approach that I've taken um, in trying to bring people to the LP, and we do discuss that a little bit here today. Uh, but more so, just to get to know Fritz. Um, Fritz is, is somebody that I had the chance to really get to, uh, to know over the past few few years and and somebody that you know I've had the chance to consider a dear friend so uh definitely a great uh podcast to go ahead for you guys to listen to over at Fritzcast but with that being said on to the show Fritz from Fritzcast here on the Brian Nichols show Brian thank you for having me and it, how long ago did I have you on my show I, I like I forget was that I was a year and a half ago at this point I think um somewhere in there it, a year it, ago that's that's COVID time that it was not a year ago was it no okay was now it? see that's the thing I I honestly I think that everything from March afterwards, every month has, it must count for like, what, two, three months it's, at the very it's least? It's been 80 years. It really feels like it. And and yes, yeah. I was on your show. Actually, I think I was your second guest. 
You, yeah, I think you were after Todd Agopian. That's Hold right. On, I'm checking my, I'm checking my episode log right now because I'm like, I know it hasn't been no year. And Todd Hagopian, so folks who are, are familiar, and actually it's funny, so you're going to be co-airing, um, your episode here this week, uh, with Joseph, uh, Joseph Bishop Henchman, who is the, now the, uh, the new chair of the Libertarian Party. How about that, folks? Yours truly logged the exclusive interview, uh, with the new incoming chair of the Libertarian Party and, uh, Yes, that, that co-airs here with uh, your episode, Fritz, and I actually had Todd on my show, and and gosh darn it, Todd Hagopian, who was running for chair, um, ended up dropping out, I think it was one or two days after this, my episode with him aired. So, uh, you know, I, I was thankful, at least, to, to go onto your show, and I did not have my podcast crash and burn into, you know, uh, smithereens like it happened with uh, Todd's campaign, sadly, um, after he went into my show. So, at least I had a little bit better luck than, uh, than Todd did with a <laughs> campaign standpoint, but that being said, you know, uh, definitely Todd is one of the good guys, and I'm so frustrated that we didn't get the chance to see a Hagopian um, chairmanship. But, you know, after my conversation with Joseph Bishop Hedgeman, I'm feeling a lot better of uh, where the party is going. But Fritz, let's kind of start off here talking about you. Um, now, folks, maybe who are not familiar uh, with your show, um, you know, if, if folks are listening to my show for a while, you, they, they kind of get the idea of the, the way I approach, uh, you know, my, my episodes. And it's going to be more of a uh, conversational interview episode with, with folks. And it's usually experts and folks who are a lot smarter than I am. But you um, kind of started your show the opposite. You were going more of the traditional monologue route, and that's actually where I ended up finding you, um, was in the podcast catcher and then following you over on Twitter. And, um, you know, as I listened more and more to your show, I always loved, uh, the, the perspectives that you had in your show. And, and really, you, you take a, um, not necessarily a true libertarian approach, but more of a, a practical, um, kind of just common sense libertarian approach. And, uh, I love that you've been dabbling more into interviews more recently for sure. So, you know, for the folks out there who have not had a chance yet to listen to Fritz on Fritzcast, let's kind of set the the stage here. So, Fritz, who the heck are you? What was your foundation into uh, you know this libertarian-ish politics you find yourself in? And then, obviously, the culmination that led to uh, you uh, hosting the Fritz Cast, uh, which has been now what five years or so um, that you've been doing that. Yeah, it's it's been like five years deep. It started insane. In 2015, awesome work, man. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. And and that's the whole thing is is kind of like how you said it's doses of libertarianism. I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not flying a banner saying like i'm the perfect libertarian come over here and follow me but uh it's been about the journey because i i I don't think there's an end point i don't think you get to this point where you're like i'm settled on my political philosophy it's never going to change it's perfect right if you do you're not growing honestly yeah yeah absolutely and that's where that's where the idea behind the show started um you know it, it it really like I got the idea to do it from my wife. She bought me all, she bought me the equipment I'm using right now for, for Christmas 2015. And it was because I always talked about, uh, you know, she was always, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, why, why are you asking me these tough questions? You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, (laughs) but, but, uh, it started with that. And I always talked about growing up, listening to broadcast radio, uh, I listened to podcasts, you know, all the live long day. I worked on audio shows uh, back when I was in high school. And it, it's just something that I've loved doing, you know. Uh, it, so some people might think that, you know, this guy's dream is just to talk about stuff like how lame. But that's, you know, it's 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 what I've done. Well, people for, are listening, so damn it. So, you know what? It's not a silly dream if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. So, so I do, I dove in not really knowing anything about what to do with podcasting. I had done audio shows before, uh, and I've, I had worked on websites before, but I'd never really done it on my own, never really ventured off. So I said, yeah, we're, we're just gonna, 
my first episode, I sat down and I just started recording and I was like, we're going to see where, we, where this thing goes, you know, and I was, <laughs> I was commenting on news articles and stuff like that. Really quick. And the first one's the scariest one, isn't it? The first one is terrible. It's terrifying. Because you have no like, idea. It's so, it's so like, um, what's the word? It, it's almost like exposing because it's you, the microphone and dead silence. And you know that everything you say is going to be listened to by an audience of, it, well, at the you know, time I started, you know, tens of people. Um, but now, you know, you get to the point you're like, you, those, those download numbers start to add some zeros to them. And I'm like, wow, that's a pretty big, you know, if that was an auditorium or if that was a small stadium. And now it's like the, the weight behind the words, everything has a lot more significance to it. Um, but like the first time you hit that record button, I know about me, I you know I had that, that pit in the stomach and I was like, Every 15 seconds trying to pause it and make sure I listen, I listen back to it, making sure it sounded good. Did you have anything like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, after I listened to that first episode, because, you know, you record it, you upload it and then you're like, well, I've got to listen to it. I've, and, and listening to yourself, if you've never done it before, it's the, the worst. worst. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 terrible. And, and so you sit there and you start picking yourself apart. You're like, oh, man, I say um too much. I have too many pauses. Like, what did I even mean when I said that? That wasn't even in English. So so you go through all of that. and, and it, But it was terrifying because it's you, the microphone, four walls, and you talk to yourself. And people are certifiably insane for doing something like that. <laughs> when you really think about it, yeah, that's what you're doing. You're, you're literally sitting there and having a conversation with yourself. Or at least, um, you know, I, I've always found, too, that the best people who are doing um, podcast. I didn't mean to derail your, your kind of starting off story, but like the best people who do podcasts tend to be people who are really good at sales because at the end of the day, you're having these conversations in your head of how to best present things to people. And, and sometimes I find myself, you know, just walking through the house or, or driving in my car, having the conversations I will inevitably have, you know, a week later on the show as I'm trying to flesh out the best way to approach the argument in my head. So, you know, for myself, when I'm having those conversations in my head, trying to figure out the best way to approach it, and then to actually sit down and do it, now you're kind of like, you're putting you know, rubber to the road and you're saying, okay, does this actually have some traction? Is this actually going to change some people's minds? So I going back to, you know, your show, obviously you were having some success because you're, you're going on five years now and you, know, you first get that first episode dropped. What was the reaction? I mean, I'm assuming you, cause I think it was what your number 13, number 12 of the top libertarian podcasts out there, according to, I think it was like Feedspot or something like that. So you know, Fritz, you've been doing something right. So talk to me, how, how did the, uh, the venture start off? Uh, start, starting off, it was just, it was scary, man. That That's what it was. And I was just doing it every week, you know, and, and you had, I had friends who knew I was doing it. So th they would, they would constantly, you know, Hey, how's it doing? You, know, you have, you have thousands of people yet. Are you going to be the next Joe Rogan? And I'm like, I'm like, slow down. <laughs> like, stop, hold on. Seriously, pump the brakes. Uh, so I, persistence is a big key in this in this business um if you're doing it i mean you know i'm not making it's not like i'm raking in dough over this stuff you know um but i i think first and foremost do i enjoy doing it and am i am i feeling some kind am i am i fulfilled by doing it and the answer has always been yes it, it doesn't matter if it was one person listening hundred persons, you know, listening, uh, and you brought up how I'm doing interviews. Now my interviews undoubtedly skyrocket over some of my based episodes. Like people flocked to listen to the Joe Jorgensen episode. They flocked to listen to the Spike Cohen episode. And that got the most feedback of anything I've ever done. Which if, if um, people haven't yet, I mean, I uh, right now pause the episode and go listen to those two episodes because I mean, Fritz, honestly, they were 
A plus. Um, Joe, she, not only did she give you more time than she was supposed to, it was because she was a little late to start the episode. And then Spike, you had that conversation with Spike. And Spike, I think he has the ability to really convey a libertarian message in such an articulate way to a, a vast you know, array of potential um, voters. And and he really, he articulates it in, I think, a way that I haven't seen, I mean, let's be real, Bill Weld was not going to sound like Spike Cohen about libertarianism. Um, Hell Gary, no. <laughs> Gary Johnson's not going to sound like Joe Jorgensen uh, about libertarianism, which is also, you know, I'm not going to try to pick fights here, but like, that's why I go crazy and people are, are trying to, you know, cast these stones at Joe Jorgensen's campaign for her, you know, we, uh, we can't just be, um, you know, it's in support of Black Lives Matter, we have to be anti-racist, or it was something along those lines. Um, yeah. and, and like, they're making that the biggest thing in the world. It's like, time out. She has been involved in libertarian politics pretty much her entire adult life. She was our former VP candidate in 1996. Like, what are we doing? Number one. Number two, her, her, you know, number two in the campaign and Spike Cohen is easily, you know, I mean, He's basically an end cap. Um, he was running with Verbin Supreme originally, and and just you know have him on the ballot as well. I mean, come on, let, let's be real. This is the probably the most libertarian ticket that we've had as a libertarian party. And I say that now. I am officially a part of libertarian party, but you know, as the party itself being the name that carries my ideas, I will look at the libertarian party and say this is probably the most one that's closest to my ideology in the, you know, a decade plus or so. I mean, who 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 else? I mean, Gary Johnson. 2012 and 2016, he was, I mean, yes, a libertarian. Yes, he was a libertarian um, governing Republican. But at the same point in time, what is Aleppo didn't know, you know, what it meant to, uh, you know, would he, would he bake the cake? And, and like, that's libertarianism 101, but didn't mean to derail there. So, yes, Joe Jorgensen, Spike Cohen, your, your interviews, obviously, yes, they, they will attract a much more diverse audience, which is great because I found, and yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts and kind of your experience, Fritz. You, you seem to, to, to kind of catch some of those, those listeners and they'll stick for the long haul. They, they listen to the way you approach the conversation with, with the, the person that you're interviewing. In some cases, I found if it's somebody you're interviewing that you approach a conversation from a disagreement, that the people who listen to your show and actually hear the way you approach a, a disagreement with someone, they're more willing to give you the time of day because they're going to hear how you are actually taking a conversation with somebody that you disagree with and also approaching it in a way that's cordial. It's it's actually trying to find a common ground or some solution. And I think that they will actually become long-term listeners. And I've actually, I've seen that in, you know, some of my downloads. I'm curious, what's been you know, kind of your experience in that end as well? Uh, you mean listener-wise? or Listener-wise, but also I'd say the feedback after having, you know, the, the diverse um, array of guests. So obviously, you start out with folks like Todd, myself, Adam Kokesh, mm-hmm. and now Joe Jorgensen, uh, Spike Cohen. So you're, you're reaching a, a, an audience that now it's going to be their audiences as well. So, and, and, you know, my audience as well, including myself in that list. So kind of what was the feedback from, you know, a podcasting perspective uh, in terms of, yeah, maybe the, the downloads, but also maybe that long-term success in, in retaining some uh, some listeners and such? You, you know, uh, one of the – it's hard to talk about when we're talking about libertarian philosophy and ideology because – uh, to me, at least anyway, far too many people are Puritans. Oh, know? for sure. Yeah. And and that's that's part of the reason why, like, I've never tried to make Fritz cast a Puritan show because I, I sure as hell am not the pure guy to throw out there. Um, nobody should I, be, really, honestly. Yeah, yeah, nobody should be for real. Yeah. But I, honestly, a lot of the feedback that I get is from people who say that when I listen to your show, I don't feel like I'm getting talked down to. 
I don't feel like I'm not welcome into the conversation. I don't feel like I have to adjust my beliefs or maybe even hide something that I want to say if I was talking to you. Conversations like, like your show, like like branching out, having a conversation about things in a in in a debating way, but not in a confrontational way, not in a like at the it's end like of Socratic this Socratic method almost. Yes, like rationalize like, your beliefs. Explain yeah. why you believe what you believe. Yeah, get behind the rationale of things, and I believe that that's a better approach to things anyway. It's it's far better than than some of what you see go on on social media. I know social media is probably like a terrible example to go by. So many people will go off of what's happening on Twitter and on Facebook, but but honestly, I forget. I I I read deep into like the Twitter statistics of of how political philosophies are conveyed over Twitter. And it's literally – it's like 2% of the population or something. It's literally the extreme people. But what scares me about that, and, and, and I think more so, it's not the average user. It's your 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 insane journalist that works for name you know the, the alphabet news organization out there. Yeah. That they are hyper-radicalized on Twitter because they get into their own little echo chambers, right? And you start hitting that retweet button and then you have the Brian Stelters of the worlds and the Chris Cuomos and the Don Lemons who they think that what they're saying is correct because they see their peers, you know, hitting the like button, giving the retweets. And then that then gives them the confidence to take that message to their, their traditional corporate media uh, platform, right? And then you have the, now obviously mainstream media numbers have been dropping dramatically over the past 10 years, especially with the advent of social media and, and things like podcasting, right? But we, we, I, I, I know for a fact that I see people who are, you know, the, the, the older generation that still rely on that traditional media. And now that message that was that hyper radicalized Twitter message from a year ago now is the mainstream narrative a year later. And is it as hyper radical as what's happening maybe right at that moment? No, but. It was where maybe the, the narrative was a year earlier or two years earlier. And I mean, what's the expression um, that Michael Malice has? It's, uh, you know, conservatism is just progressivism driving the speed limit. Right. Yeah, and like that's exactly. and that's what we're seeing, I think. But also from the way that the mainstream media is reacting maybe to the narratives that are going on the, on the social media, especially in Twitter, because it is there, there's that incentive to have. What's the next thing we're outraged about? What's the next thing that's going to be the headline that people are going to go ahead and retweet because it's going to get, you know, the the hysteria, um, you know, downloads and clicks, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and prime example, what was it yesterday? Joe Biden comes out and he says Donald Trump's the, the first racist president of the United States. Which is concerning because if his memory is that bad that he forgets FDR, Woodrow Wilson and um, LBJ, then I think we need to have his, his memory looked at because he, he's obviously in cognitive decline if he's forgetting those those presidents, right? Yeah, absolutely. I throw Andrew <laughs> Jackson in the mix too. But but seriously, I'm like, look, I get it. I don't like Donald Trump either, okay? Like I, for real, Donald Trump puts a really bad taste in my mouth. I didn't vote for him in, in 2016. Right now, this, this, is, this is a very volatile period that we're in with everything that's going on from COVID to riots to – the federal police agents, you know, infiltrating cities and all that, everything that's going on. And, and I still have a bad taste with Donald Trump in my mouth, but this, this whole wokeness thing, this whole, Oh, I'm going to go out and say Donald Trump's the first racist president of the United States. Give me a break, dude. (laughs) And that's why I think Biden's so dangerous, man. Um, and, and, you know, and I think this is maybe 
and I'm completely turning the conversation because this is where my brain just went all of a sudden. But like that's maybe <laughs> that's maybe why I, I actually when I was talking about Biden before, a lot of people were like, well, at least Biden is the safe candidate, right? Like Biden was the VP under Obama. Like he's always been this establishment figure. Like he's this return to normalcy. And I'm like, no, that's that's what they want you to think because. Why, why do you think Bernie was so quick to jump on board and say, oh yeah, like, you, you know Bernie Sanders well, oh yeah, like, you know, this is the right president, he's gonna help us get these progressive policies in, and it's like, oh, okay, what, look, time? look, 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 Brian, look, Brian, look, 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 <laughs> look, when I was talking, when I was debating Joe Biden on the stage, and I was telling him about super PACs and all that, you know, and how he's dangerous, you know, for America, he's a, he's a bad choice, Leo, I was, that was just semantics, okay? <laughs> it's obvious it's semantics. I was going on stage. I was making all the progressives feel pretty good about things. and But now, I mean, obviously, who are you going to go with? I mean, are you going to go with Joe Biden? Un, I mean, you got to go with Joe Biden. Un, and, well, and here, Joe Biden, or here, Bernie Sanders, um, which Bernie, awesome reoccurring guest on Fritzcast. But here's the, the, the thing that scares me is that Bernie has been so quick to, to accept Biden as, like, the nominee that – I truly think that Biden is, is a dark horse or dark horse, a Trojan horse candidate. I think that he is bringing forward this this Trojan horse being big, squishy, establishment, status quo politician. But he is riding on the absolute resentment that is orange man bad because of Trump in the White House and the fervor that is against him and using that as a means to not only, I think, take the White House, but then to usher in a lot of nasty, hidden, progressive policies um, in, in the back end. And I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist when I'm thinking about that, but it, it only reaffirms that when I see people like Sanders or, or I see people like AOC who have been, you know, kind of toying with the idea, if not openly supporting, and in some cases like, like Sanders did, full-throatedly endorsing, um, you know, Joe Biden. You know, am I off base? Am I going too far into the weeds, or maybe is there something that we should dig into? What are your thoughts? I don't. I don't think you're off base on that. Uh, think back to the 2016 election cycle when it was when it was clear that Trump was going to be the nominee, right? And people were kind of people. There was people who were diehard for it, but there was people on the cusp there that were really apprehensive until some of the key players that were going to be initially around Trump came into play. Yep. When the key players came into play, people said, okay, no, wait, I think I can get behind this because maybe he's going to do this the right way. Maybe he's going to take a backseat and have smart people pulling all the levers. Yep. Well, that's exactly what I think is going on with Joe Biden right now. It's, it's, hmm. he's the candidate he's being propped up. All the progressives are behind him saying, yeah, you're the figurehead, but we're going to be pulling the levers. We're going to be making the decisions and, but you can take the credit for it. You can be the face of it. But we're going to be behind the curtain, pushing, you know, making all those moves to go on. That's that's how I see it right now. Well, anyway. well that's why I'm so scared about who his vice president's going to be. Because I mean, this this really this is going to be probably one of the most m- most important elections in the terms of like having the vice presidential candidate actually matter. Like, is it going to be the most important election of our lifetime, Brian? One might say that. One has said that <laughs> many a time. Many- Many has said that <laughs> many a time. But think about it, right? I mean, this could be really the 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 one election where the vice presidential candidate actually matters more than the person you're voting for for president when it comes to the Democratic Party. Because I, I really do believe that Joe Biden is running as this, you know, one term kind of like ushering in like this new era, if you will. 
And I think it's going to be one of those situations where he's going to try to groom whoever the vice presidential uh, nominee is with him to then, if they do win, to be kind of like that heir apparent and then to carry the Biden, you know, uh, ideas forward into another, you know, two terms. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've been saying it since I was on our Friends Against Government podcast back in, I think it was February or March, that I would not be surprised in the slightest if it was somebody like Michelle Obama. I would not be at all surprised yep, um, yep. because she would make the most absolute sense. And she, I mean, she would, I think she would win. Not only would she win as the vice presidential candidate, but she would win another two two uh, terms as, you know, uh, the presidential uh, nominee or the presidential candidate. So I, I just, I'm, I'm saying right now, like that's easily something I could see happen. And that's why I do look at Biden a little bit more apprehensively um, and maybe not as, calm cool and collected as i was earlier because originally i was like hey if if it's going to be biden maybe just maybe we'll get a gop like we had back in 2010 and you know they were fighting tooth and nail against obama they fought against um you know the affordable care act it was too late obviously but that usher in the tea party revolution the gas guys like you know the good guys thomas massey justin amash Rand paul heck i'll even give some credit where credit's due mike lee ted cruz Ben Sass, folks like that. Yeah. Marco Rubio, he was decent for a little bit up there in my wall. Up there, I got a little uh, "Stay Thirsty for uh, 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 Stay Thirsty for Liberty" water bottle from Marco Rubio that I got signed at CPAC in I think 2013. So like wow. he used to be one of those good guys, and then he, you know, it, it became obvious who he was. He was kind of a grifter, but we'll we'll cross that bridge in a conversation down the road when we get there. But anyways, my point being is that. At least when we had an era of the Democrat president, we had some pushback. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if the, the Republicans are going to do that now. I, I You look at, what, Tucker Carlson, Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley. That's the future, I think, of the GOP. I think I think they're like the Rand Pauls, the Ben Shapiros of the world. Like I think they're fighting an uphill battle just as we libertarians were when we were trying to, to use liber- uh, the Republican Party to, to advance our agenda. Do you think maybe it's a time for a new party? Do you think it's time maybe to start looking at something beyond not just Republican, Democrat, and Libertarian, but beyond that Libertarian as the third party, is maybe we need a new third party that replaces one of the traditional old parties and, and maybe some of the older third parties as well? I, all I can tell you, looking at the big, the broad picture of, of political ideologies, I mean, uh, we can look at the GOP and think, man, things are really screwed up or whatever. But to say that the Democratic Party is, is solid, solidified, and moving in one direction is, is a false statement. I mean, for real, there there's a whole fragmentation of the Democratic Party of progressives. You know, I might we might not agree with progressive ideology on a lot of different things. There's some things that we absolutely do agree on with them, especially in terms of criminal justice. I retweeted Alexandria Ocasio or or, how do you say her name? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Say that times. AOC. I retweeted AOC unironically this past week, and I didn't uh, know what to do. The tweet that was um. What was it? I, I'm 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 perplexed. I can't. I think, think it was like it was. Um, federal agents should not be yep. on yep. camouflage or on without uh, badges or something like that. It's something along yep. those lines. Yep. I think it was a tweet, and people like to throw out that line: "Broken clock is right," you know, twice a day at least. But honestly, that's that's a point of AOC's philosophy that lines up directly with ours. Yes. And instead of calling her, you know whatever you want to call her they're, they're whatever uh, yoho called her yeah yeah i've seen plenty of people call you know her 
everything under the sun. Dude, I wrote an article oh. that literally said, stop making fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I, I wrote an article that said that, and I got so much crap. And I'm just going to say it, everything I predicted in that article came true. I said the more that you make her you know, come across as an idiot, the more you're going to foster her base. They're going to say, you guys are just haters. You guys just, you know, you're going after her because she's a woman. She is the female Trump, and she can take the hatred at, that the the you know the other side gives her and she can turn it and she gives it to her base and she can use it to fire him up and and she's been a big one of the biggest thorns in the GOP and let's be real in some of the democratic leadership side in the past 2 years just it is what it is you know yeah yeah and she's not going anywhere nope. for anybody that thinks that she's going to disappear or whatever so work uh, with I her remember, we should work with her <laughs> yeah absolutely where we can work with her absolutely like if that's common ground and, and on that issue Go hand in hand with them when it comes to the issues that we need to keep button heads on and need to separate ourselves. We, we need to do that at that time. Yep. But it, it's kind of like my last episode. I titled it swallowing your pride. Sometimes you do have to swallow your pride just a little bit to think about a bigger picture and what you're going to accomplish in a certain area. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's hard to do that, but it's necessary. What do you think is the, the I guess if you were to look back, right? you know, five years from now, they'll put you 10 years at Fritzcast, right? So what would be kind of, you know, at the end of those 10 years, a means of looking back and saying you had some success? What would you look back and maybe give some like numbers or something like an objective thing you can look back as like a tangible thing to walk away from and just like be like, yeah, thumbs up. I did good. If that makes sense. I'm trying to think the best way to phrase that. You mean like numbers wise, like, you know, a certain amount of downloads? Not even that. Just, like, like if there's like a thing that you're looking for, like when at the end of it, like if you want to ever, you know, you hit that record button for the last time for whatever reason at, you know, 10 years from now, what would you look back and say like this, this has been a success. What would be that metric for you? Like, is it something that you would say is like a, a download number or is it maybe the people that you've seen that you bring into the movement? Is it how, like how you've measured that you move the, the needle kind of what's what maybe that, let me ask this question. What's your metric? What do you think is going to be the way that you're going to measure success? I, I honestly, I think measuring my success for me, it's not, you know, it's cool to see download numbers shoot up. It's, it's cool to see viewership sh- shoot up. It's been cool to watch when I started this, my Twitter following was, you know, like a pathetic 500 people or whatever. And it's now just under 3000 people. Um, which to me is nuts. I, I'm sure other people can look at it and go, he's only got 3000 followers or whatever. But to me, that's a big deal because I yes. think I'm an idiot. <laughs> so. Hey, that's a running joke I have in the show. I I, I want to have people on the show who are infinitely smarter than I am. So if you think you're an idiot, then we're we're in a sad state of affairs right here for the Brian Nichols show today. So I, I get it, though. Like the, to see the number, it, it is kind of shocking sometimes when you look at the social media numbers. So but, I mean, to the metrics, yeah, it, it is kind of hard to say that, like, that that's the success. Like, I think there's more to it. Like, there's more than just the number. Yeah, no, I want I want to be able to say I contributed to, uh, you know, a movement of people breaking away from like this team game of left versus right uh, or or Democrat versus Republican or conservative versus liberal, because those things are too extreme. You know, in my own political evolution, I walked away from conservatism because the more the older I got and the more I looked at it, I was like, if I believe in individual liberty 
You know, if I believe that the government shouldn't be involved in, in those aspects of people's lives, why am I hanging out with a party that still majority would be like, nah, gay marriage has got to end? Yeah, and no. I, I didn't um, purposely go into your backstory, like your your past history, because you already did that on a phenomenal episode with uh, with dear leader Chris Spangle over at the big channel on We Are Libertarians, part of the Path to Libertarianism special. And, dude, I mean, you're outlining your history. It, it is a fascinating story to hear you came from. I, I appreciate that because, I mean, having lived it, I'm like, it's not that exceptional, is it? But, and that's called a but, tease, uh, by the way, because folks need to go listen to that episode as well. So, like, if folks yeah. haven't yet, please go listen to it. You're going to give them a laundry list of episodes to listen that's my, to. Uh, that, that's what I do. So, my, so uh, in, in all seriousness, part of what I – so here, I'll, I'll take the question that I had asked you and I'll kind of give a little bit of my perspective too. Is like, you know, to see we're, we're reaching people that we weren't – going to reach otherwise right like okay so the best way to give a, a perfect example was you know today on on facebook right one of my friends from college had posted something about you know trump and biden both being dumb well because they it was biden saying something about um trump being the first racist and then trump saying something about i forget it was something about the the, the virus is gonna get worse before it gets better it was something along those lines but anyways they're like what do we do? Like, this is what we've been given for an option. And all I did was I responded with uh, Joe Jorgensen's website. I said, Joe J or Joe 20.com. That's all I responded. And underneath it, I had four of my friends from college who I haven't talked to probably, you know, six, seven, eight years or so who not only liked the, the link, but responded like, Oh my God. You know, one of them, I love this lady. The other guy, I, how have I not heard of her? The other lady, Oh my guys, look at her website. I think I found the person I, I want to vote for. And like, I don't know. Do you watch the office as much as I do? Which I know I watch it a lot, but uh, I mean, how many, how many times have you seen a particular episode of the office? A Let's lot. This. We're, we're, a I lot. mean, 20 plus it's, it's right, sad. Well, it, you probably watch the office as much as I watch family guys. So. Okay. Yeah. And I love family guy. Like family guys up there, but like the office for me is just, it's my, my jam. And I, pinnacle. and the reason I bring that up is because there's a specific episode. So, Michael um, ends up, he spanks his nephew when he fires him um, because he hires him as an intern and he sucks. So his intern, his intern nephew is disrespecting him. He fires him, spanks him. Anyways, he gets tr uh, in trouble from corporate and he has an option. He either can do mediating with Toby, um, who is the HR rep that he absolutely hates, right. or he can be terminated. And um, Toby is a certified psychologist, um, but... You know, Michael is not going to tell him anything. He hates him. So the entire time that Toby's sitting with him, trying to get information out of him, Michael's fighting him tooth and nail. He's like, you know, he's making making a, a joke. You know, he's pretending that he, you know, is a werewolf, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it gets to a point that Toby um, gets Michael to get a little upset. And then uh, Michael starts to actually crack a little bit. And Toby, there's one part where Toby's just, uh, you know, to the side of the camera and he goes, it's working. And like that right there, the it's working. That's how I felt the past like two, three, four months as I've seen people in my personal life who, you know, in some cases I haven't talked to in years who not only are reaching out to me, asking me questions about not only just Joe Jorgensen, but libertarian politics. But now that I am seeing them on their own, sharing things and I'm just like, holy cow, like that's something that I would never have imagined five years ago but it's something that now it's and I, i've used this analogy before when you plant the seed you're not gonna see it sprout overnight it doesn't happen it takes time so when you plant the seed 
don't don't try to look for that instant gratification of getting them to say, oh, I was wrong and you were right. Because you know what? Nobody's going to feel good except for yourself after that happens. What you want to see is them to start to realize it on their own. And then when they start to ask you the questions or they're starting to post the memes on their own or whatever it may be, then you're like, hey, that, that there you go. You plant a seed and it actually is growing. And and that for me, I think, is maybe the, the best way I've been able to find some semblance of like success is looking to say that like, I know that just in my interactions with some folks, right, that were politically apathetic, they're actually like not only looking and paying attention to what we're, we're talking about, but they're actually getting active. They're doing things. And like, that's the hardest part is 29% of the people last election cycle didn't vote. Like, what are we doing? And like, why aren't we reaching out to those people? So like, that's why for like your show, right, on your show... I would point people, if they're looking for a kind of like, you ever wonder like what your conscience would sound like in your head in talking about the news? That's Fritz. And whenever you go through and you you dissect, you know, whatever a particular topic is. So, for example, if you're talking about John McAfee, I'm going to lose my effing mind because you call his last name McAfee or McAfee or whatever the hell you say. Um, okay, hold on, hold on. Just, just to break, you know, not to break your concentration, you are on a roll. I call him John McAfee. Okay. <laughs> You call him the wrong name. It's okay. Because it, it's, but, uh, okay. Despite your mispronunciation of people's names, okay? Who else have I mispronounced? <laughs> I, I actually, I, I had a list and, um, I got, a, <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. I, I had a remember, list. I remember you did this in an episode. Uh, uh, I think it was my, maybe my episode, but, uh, <laughs> with you. But, uh, John McAfee, uh, Amy Klobacher. Klobacher. Uh, oh my God. I forgot Pete, about her. Pete Booty, Booty Judge. Judge, yep. Um, which, you know, that was just a play on his name. I know. Because okay? he's the Booty Judge. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> we could have had a President Booty Judge. What is wrong with you people? Uh, I can't think of any other names. I probably mispronounce a ton of people's names. Before. It's okay. But despite that, right, Fritz, despite that, you would be like, and I actually asked this question on Twitter the other day, was like, who would be the best libertarian podcasts that you'd recommend to people who are not libertarian? And I would say yours because you approach the politics in a very non-threatening way, but also through that that lens of like I, I said, I jokingly said, like the conscience in your head, like that's kind of the way I approach whenever I listen to your show. Like what would what would Fritz say if I was having a conversation about him, you know, with him about this this topic? And um, I think it's very non-threatening, but it's also it's very welcoming because there's people out there who they don't want to ask questions of people because they're afraid they're going to get absolutely lambasted and made fun of. And I mean, I don't know about you. Have you ventured into Facebook groups of, of libertarian sorts in, in recent years? Facebook is uh, for boomers. So is it really? Okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to no, put my no. boomer boomer head on and say the Facebook groups, if you have not been in there, Fritz, they are, um, interesting to say the least it's it's basically um and here let's level it 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 comes down to being what we preach against and it becomes like this you know this little group think you know collectivist mentality and it's like if you're not with me you're my enemy now it's like time out that's not how that's supposed to work we're not anakin skywalker here fighting obi-wan like on mustafar that's no why why, why can't why why can't we just be friends brian why why can't we just you know (laughs) get together you know and you know have you know? I'm not saying have an underpants party or whatever, but you know, just, you know, sit back, have a drink, talk about this shit. See, now that that this is one of the reasons I love listening to your show is because you never know when you're either going to get like a Stewie Griffin or you're going to get a, a Bernie Sanders 
Um, I think you also did a, a Peter Griffin at one point. Um, did, didn't you it's, do a Peter it's not, it's not very good, you know. I mean, it's, I can, you know, I can kind of do it, but you know, <laughs> it's it, most of my voices for anybody like I do believe that my voices suck. <laughs> I really do. Like when I do them, I I cringed for a while when I did Bernie Sanders, but people loved it. Like my number one fan of Bernie Sanders is my uh, is my next oldest brother. Who uh, he actually at at a bar over Christmas when I did the Bernie Sanders songs, he actually played them over the loudspeaker at the bar, and people were like, "Is that Bernie Sanders? What?" <laughs> uh, but you know, I do the goofy voices and stuff because I feel like we could have a serious conversation about things, but for all of for, for all that everything's chaotic and just insane going on you have to have a little bit of fun with it or otherwise you will drive yourself insane oh my god you know? yes and and especially you know i hate to <laughs> i hate to tell the libertarian philosophy people this but the the common man coming in when, when they come into our conversations they don't understand what we are rapport they don't understand it right so while we dunk on each other we poke fun at each other we send memes to each other and all that they don't get it. So when they when they see us doing that, they're like, "Those guys are kind of weird." <laughs> yes, I mean, I you did you this my um conversation with Mark Lobliner from NTS Nutrition? I did. Yes. Yeah. So like that's actually one of the points he made. He was like, "Listen, he, he was I forget where he was from, but he was saying like he was a local libertarian group that he had, and he's like they were all dressed up as like Revolutionary War guys, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. those guys larping. are yeah, like they're all larping. That's right. And it's like that is how the average person will perceive us, and it's like. We have to approach them in the way that they would approach somebody because that's how they are going to be receptive to somebody approaching them. And I think maybe that's some of the problems that we have with some of our more principled folk in the Libertarian Party is that they they confuse messaging and in sales with being unprincipled. It's like, no, no, no. It's not a matter of not being principled. It's a matter of trying to meet somebody with where they're at both in terms of, you know, their, their political selves, but also their emotional, mental, physical, um, you know, personal selves, because now you, you not need to talk beyond the, the politics, right? You need to talk to the person, because I think what I found in my experience, at least, is that when you talk to the person, you can often see how the person and their, their experiences in life often reflect their, their values and as it reflects to their politics, but they end up focusing more on what their their focus of their policies they're voting for are versus the outcomes right so like it's one thing to say you're voting to end you know poverty the war on poverty and that's another thing to look back and say okay well we spent i think it was like seven trillion dollars over a certain time frame and like more people went into poverty I, I, the numbers are probably wrong there my numbers um but like i forget the specifics that 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 is the, like the stat though like that you ended up seeing despite an increase in spending more people being, you know, pushed into poverty. So it's like, okay, what didn't work? But instead of having that that conversation, it the the two traditional parties just push more of the, the whatever didn't work. Um, and they they just say we're going to do it different this time. And it's like, mm, really, are you? Um, and then it's the you know lipstick on the pig. It's just, it's just it's you're trying to make whatever it was that failed in the past look better, and, and you're just trying to repackage it. And I mean, we're seeing that right now with what you have with the left and the right. It's just a repackaging of the same failed policies. I mean, there was a meme and it was a, it, of course, it was an office meme and it summarized the election perfectly, right? It was the Jim Halpert meme where he's got like the two whiteboards and it was like, right. so we have Donald Trump who's putting kids in cages, but in order to stop him, you have to vote for 
the guy who was vice president when those cages were built. Say that again and realize how stupid that sounds. Vote Joe Jorgensen. And I'm like, there you go. That is where we are in 2020. You have somebody who is running to literally stop the policies that were started under their administration when they were a part of it. That is exactly why so many Americans are so fed up. And they're honestly, Fritz, they're looking for alternatives out there. They're looking for different messages. They're looking for people who have a different solution. So with that being said, obviously, I want to make sure folks can go ahead and follow you um, both on social media, but also listen to FritzCast because it is one of my favorite podcasts. Um, every single time the episodes come out instantly, top of the podcast catcher. Um, it, and it's always a great show. So Fritz, where can folks go ahead and follow you on social media, but also where can they go ahead and follow FritzCast and, uh, and stay up to date with all the awesome episodes you have dropping over there? So my primary uh, uh, usage is Twitter, uh, which is uh, just a lovely little website. If you don't know about it, people can tweet out stuff all the time. Um, it's at FritzQS on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast is the FritzCast Facebook page. And then literally anywhere else, if you just search FritzCast, you're going to find me. Uh, I have I have a YouTube page because the podcast is kind of like a hybrid video and audio production now. Um uh, we have I have social media accounts on minds.com, parlor.com, um, some other social media websites, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on there as well. Um, and then I always tell people if they want to get in touch with me directly, because some of you people are shy out there. You don't want to post a tweet or a Facebook message or whatever. So fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can shoot me an email. I'll read it. I'll, I'll respond to it. I'll do the whole nine with it, you know. All right. Well, that being said, my dear friend Fritz, and I do say that, um, you know, of all the people who've had my show, you are definitely in the tops of uh, people who I look and say, yeah, not only are they somebody that's pretty awesome in, in you know, libertarian politics, but also somebody who uh, I do consider a, a pretty near and dear friend. So with that being said, Fritz from FritzCast, I know, I know, Get keep the tears. Fuck it, losers. I know. Keep the tears off your uh, your cheeks there, Fritz. I know I got you a little emotional, welled up there. Um, hey, before, before you end up closing this out, though, can yeah. I just say that um, the Dallas Cowboys suck? That's That's all I had to say. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Fritz from FritzCast, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you did, of course, be sure to uh, go ahead and share with family and friends. Um, and folks, if you uh, if you have not yet had the chance, um, go ahead and follow me on social media at Liberty, both on Twitter, Facebook, and on Minds.com. Send me an email, brian at briannicholsshow.com. And as always, folks, if you have not yet had the chance yet, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button, make sure that you get the auto-sync update whenever your podcast catcher does its refresh. But with that being said, folks, if you had not had the chance yet, head over, check out our episode there with Joseph Bishop Henchman, new chair of the Libertarian Party. But guys, with that being said, I've had a great week this week. Um, some great guests. Looking forward to some awesome guests here on the Brian Nichols Show, including uh, some discussions about market urbanism, discussing some uh, folks running for Congress, and a few other great guests with all that in between. So, you guys have your homework, and I'm tired. Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nichols Show for Fritz from FritzCast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.